time to thrive. Welcome to the Thrivology Podcast with Dr. Lee Bauckham. Join us as we explore ways that you can thrive in your life, regardless of what life throws at you. It's your life. Time to live it. Hey, this is Lee Balkum. Welcome to the Thrivology Podcast. This is the podcast designed to help you thrive no matter what life throws your way. And today we start a new series. Uh, we finished up last week with the Thriving Body Series. And the reason we did that Thriving Body Series is so that you can move through life and find all of the ways to thrive with a healthy body. Today we turn our attention to what I call the immutable laws of living. Now, these immutable laws of living, we're not really talking about legal laws, you know, where if you break that law, you're going to get arrested or get into some legal trouble. We're talking more about things more like natural laws. Now, natural laws are things that you you might be able to short-term violate. But when you violate the laws of, of living, of natural laws even in the world, you put yourself at risk. You can either get yourself into trouble immediately Or you might find that over time it gets more and more difficult because when we violate these laws of living, we cause ourselves to struggle more and more. And we cause ourselves to be stuck in places that aren't particularly healthy or thriving, and we lose a lot of energy. Some of them keep us at a very stuck point. Others of them just limit where we can go. And so these laws are the ones that that really do get you into trouble when you repeatedly violate them. Now, you might get away with it for a while. You might stick with these laws for a while, and then you can't figure out why life is not where you want it to be. In fact, that's kind of the topic we'll talk about today. So as you, you struggle with these laws, it saps you of energy and keeps you from living what I refer to as a thriving life. Now, remember, that a thriving life is not one without struggle. It's knowing how to deal with the struggles that are coming your way. That's the focus that we're going to talk about today. But first, let me just kind of give you an example of this, these laws and how they work. Let me bring up what is a very common natural law that you might struggle with. I know I certainly do, and that's the law of gravity, right? If I trip, I will fall and fall to the ground. It's not that I will trip and nothing will happen. The law of gravity takes over at that point. Throughout my life, I found that whenever I try to violate the law of gravity, I tend to lose out. Now, there are times when I have briefly been able to avoid that law, uh, but only uh, to have it come crashing down at some point. When I was a child, I began to believe that there must be a way for me to hang glide without having to buy a hang glider. I remember I was just a young guy, and, and I just knew that if I just put together the right materials, somehow I would hang glide. Now, since then, I've been hang gliding and talked with the, the people uh, there who said, well, you were on the right idea, just no way that was going to happen. But as a child, I figured that all I had to do was put together some bamboo and maybe some plastic and I would be set. So I remember in our backyard, we had a garage that was kind of low in the back and and it ended up with with a slope down. We had a fallaway lot. And so I just decided that 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 gave me a little bit of a launch spot. Now, I was an avid reader as a child of lots of different areas, and my parents always blessed me to look into all kinds of areas. And so I remember having this book on hang gliding, and I watched it, looked at it, read it, studied it, and decided that all I needed to do was to take some pieces of bamboo, lash them together into a triangle, 
slap on some um, bags uh, for trash bags, plastic trash bags, kind of put it all taped together, climb up on the roof, grab hold of the bottom and jump off. Well, that's exactly what I did. So I had a nice big triangle made with some bamboo that we had growing below our house. And I had the hefty bags taped together and put on top. And I climbed myself up to the roof and hauled up my, well, I guess better said not hang glider, but kite, grabbed onto the bottom struts and jumped off. As you can imagine, I didn't go far. Uh, I may have broken my fall a little bit, but I certainly didn't make it to the bottom of the hill landing in beautiful fashion the way I thought I would. Instead... I found myself quickly on the ground right in front of that, the rear of the garage. I just landed with a plop. So that was my uh, great trial at winning against gravity. It didn't work then. It wouldn't work now. Now, I've been hang gliding since, and so I've learned that there are times when you can use the law of gravity to avoid falling, or at least to gracefully fall when I've been hang gliding or when I've been on an ultralight or when I've parachuted. Those are ways of graceful falls, but eventually gravity is going to take over. And so while you can avoid it for a while, eventually gravity always wins. And that's the same thing with these immutable laws of, of living. And so as we move into this series of immutable laws of living, we're going to find the ways of coordinating ourselves with our lives and, and making ourselves into a more thriving life by following these laws and not fighting so much against the, the opposite of these laws. So this week, let's talk about the law of, of life, which is that life isn't fair. Now, I say that and I recognize that we all want that to be uh, untrue. We want life to be fair. Do you remember when you were a child and, and there was that whole sense of fairness and unfairness and you would watch people and you would say, well, that's not fair. And you would say for yourself when you're mistreated, that's not fair. And if you had a sibling, you may have constantly been saying the same thing I was saying. That's not fair. My brother and I, my older brother and I are just 18 months apart. And so we were like little bear cubs. My younger brother is eight years younger than me. So there's a little more distance there. But my older brother and I, would get into nice little struggles along the way. I'm sure my parents tried to figure out how to manage this fairness question for us. And so when it was time to share something, we had a rule that one person would divide and the other would choose. So if we had a cookie and we were going to share the cookie, one person would divide and the other would get to choose from which cookie. Now, I don't know how we could have been more exact when we were the divider because we knew that if we divided it unfairly, the other person would choose the bigger part. So there was a precision that came with that strategy that probably has never even been matched by somebody who's trying to carve a diamond for a beautiful setting for the royal family. We were so precise in getting it to be half and half so that there was entire fairness to it. Now, Given that, we still argued about whether it was fair or not after the fact, but that was our attempt in our childhood minds to have everything fair. And it was our parents' attempt to allow us to not be able to cry, that's not fair. Now, it didn't stop us. We still would cry out that it wasn't fair. But that was the attempt to make it feel and appear fair. Justice and fairness are childhood traits where we 
children, as children, have this mindset where we're looking for what is fair. It's a developmental phase that we have as a child of looking at what's fair, what's not fair. And the problem is we drag that into adulthood. And that's where we get into trouble because we have this belief that life should be fair. So the immutable law is that life is not fair. Life is not fair and it's not even meant to be fair. So problem number one is that about life not being fair is it's based on our own self-interest. I mean, that's how we always judge whether life is being fair to us or not. It's whether it's fair to me. Am I getting what I think is my fair share? Am I getting what seems to be my part of the whole bargain of this living thing? And so we get caught up into life not being fair for ourselves. We also have the capacity, at least momentarily, to look at how somebody else's life might not be fair too, but we very quickly revert to our own place. And that's simply because that is our point of reference. No matter what we do, no matter how we try, we always return to our personal place of of reference, our own viewpoint of reference. And so, sure, we can look around us and say for other people in our community, wow, life just isn't fair for them. But in the end, when we're really talking about life not being fair and the place where it really gets to be a struggle, it's with ourselves. It's are we being treated fairly? Are we getting what is our allotment? Am I getting what's fair? Am I getting what's my allotment that should be coming to me? So primarily, this place of life should be fair is based about me and what I'm getting or what I'm not getting. And we also hold to this little place where we we want to rely on divine retribution if we can't get it anywhere else, that maybe that person who is doing crooked things and is making a killing, somehow it's going to come back on them, right? Somehow something is going to even this out. And we want that to be the case, even though we often see that's not the case. We somehow, if it can't be fair distribution, we expect that maybe something's going to catch them by surprise. The world doesn't operate that way, though. And we have plenty of evidence where people aren't fair and get more than their fair share, and people who are entirely fair don't get their fair share, which leads to problem number two. This is often uh, some, a judgment that's based on material things. Think about how we judge life isn't fair. It's about possessions and wealth many times where we say, wow, that person doesn't deserve all that wealth. They, they, they inherited that and they didn't have to do anything with it. Or maybe somebody uh, passes us over for a, uh, a, some great promotion and somebody else who you think is lesser trained or lesser skilled gets that promotion and gets more money. Or maybe we're on vacation and we see other people in grander houses with bigger toys and we go, wow, that's just not fair. I'm, I'm doing all this hard work and maybe you can't even afford to go on vacation. Vacation and you watch these other people going on great vacations going, wow, life just isn't fair. Life not being fair and judging it by possessions and wealth gets us stuck on a one-dimensional spot. Also, we look at opportunities. And I see this many times in, in my community and other communities where we look at school systems or we look at educational programs or we look at camps or any other thing that we can pull out and say, wow, life's not fair. It's not fair for, for my opportunities or it's not fair for those opportunities. And we're looking at the opportunities available and assuming that there should be some even distribution of those opportunities in the world. 
But the world doesn't operate that way. The immutable law is that life isn't fair, and we'll get to that being okay in just a minute. Sometimes we even say that about genetics, just life isn't fair. You know, we look around at people who are just more skilled in, in some genetic pool. Maybe you, you wanted to play basketball, but your genetic pool left you at five feet. Now, given there have been some great athletes who have been just over five feet. I was uh, at Wake Forest when Muggsy Bogues was there and, you know, he didn't have the height, but boy, he, he could still play. So it's not that the genetics automatically lock you in, but we can use that as a point of reference. I've run into people who it seemed like if they looked at a weight, they would gain muscle when I can struggle and struggle and struggle against that same weight and barely get any muscle on me. Uh, and, and so there are some places where we can say, this just isn't fair. The genetics haven't been in my favor. I haven't won the genetic pool. So genetics is another place where we often say that life isn't fair. It's, a, it's around the physical where we often talk about the life isn't fair piece. So problem number three is that it's often used as a cop-out. That's what happens when we say, well, life isn't fair, and then we decide not to even play life. That's where it gets to be a problem. Life isn't fair, so I just won't do it. Sometimes it started with, I want what's mine, but people want what's theirs, what's fairly coming to them without any struggle. And the, the problem is that Oftentimes, it's the struggle that prepares us for those successes and prepares us for what's coming. And sometimes we want to avoid the difficult parts. I've talked with many people who you know, avoided their education process because they just wanted to jump in. They just wanted that big job. They just wanted that, that big career, but they didn't want to have to go through the, the difficult parts of going through school. Now, that said, there are plenty of people who don't go to school and build a thriving career because life isn't fair. They came out on the top end without some of the other struggles along the way, but I guarantee that there's a struggle on the way. So sometimes we have that, that cry in our head, I only want what's mine. And that relates back to that childhood place of going, I only want my fair part of that cookie. In adulthood, there is no fair part of the cookie though. That's the problem. Sometimes this is the place where we, when we violate the law, one way we violate it is by saying life should be fair and I'm not even going to struggle with it. I'm not even going to, to push forward. Also, underneath that same thing, that cop out, that avoidance piece is sometimes it creates in us a place of, of standing kind of with injustice. You know, we just keep pointing to the injustices of the world to prove our own paradigm that we hold that life should be fair. Why isn't it? And so we're stuck on the injustice place, which defocuses on the self place of where am I responsible for moving forward with my own life? We can point to lots of injustices and there is a great importance in all of us looking at the places where culture has injustices built in and try to bring about justice. But we also have to recognize that sometimes we can stick ourselves in that spot and be frozen by that rather than looking at what are the opportunities around me. Not what are the places where other groups are, are stuck. That I do believe that we should move to making more justice, more social justice, and more other opportunities for others. But when we apply it to ourselves, sometimes it keeps us locked down. This place where it, life's not fair as a cop-out or an avoidance is simply disempowering 
when we're waiting for life to start up, when we're waiting for life, and, and when, we, when we want it to go fair, we're waiting for life to just kind of go fair for us, we end up not looking for the opportunities around us. We end up not chasing the possibilities around us, just waiting for it to finally fare up. But life isn't fair. So the reality, life isn't fair. And that's not even the issue. That's not what we really need to be striving for. Because if we find ourselves stuck on that question, we can stay stuck. The reality that we take in is life isn't fair. That's not even the question. So what are the questions that you want to shift to? Well, let me propose a few. One, how do I move from where I am? Instead of worrying about the fairness of things, how do I move from this place that I'm in now? This is the starting point. You know, life isn't fair is assuming that the fairness place is right now, that, that somehow it should all be fair from the, the, the get-go. And that is not the way opportunities and that is not the way wealth or genetics or anything else is distributed. And so instead of being worried about the fairness, can we focus on how do I move from here? That really, for me, is the thriving question. Here is where I am. How do I move forward? How do I move to more of a thriving life? So the second question I would propose as a shift is to say, how do I accept the struggle as a fact? Learn from it, grow from it, and thrive. Let me be clear, and we'll talk about this in another immutable law of life. That is that life is about struggle. There is no avoidance of that. And we can either rail against the struggles we have or recognize that those struggles give us opportunities for growth. And struggles give us opportunities to build the thriving muscles. So how do I accept the struggle? Not pretend it's not there or not pretend that that struggle is unfair. And choose it as a fact. Then learn and grow from it and learn to thrive from that struggle. Not in spite of the struggle, not without the struggle, but because of the struggle, how do we step forward and grow? The third place that we can shift is by saying, can I see that life is already tipped in my favor? Life isn't fair. You and I probably are already winning that though. I mean, just by the fact that you are likely listening to this, on a piece of technology that didn't exist just even a decade ago, that you are in a culture, in a place where you can have that technology, that you can afford to listen to that, that I can afford to broadcast this, means that life isn't fair. We're already on the winning side of the equation. Yes, we have all have struggles. And yes, there are places where we can still point and say, life's not fair in comparison to the other person. And that is part of the problem. We always choose life's not fair in comparison to somebody who is, in our mind, ahead of us or has more than us or is unfairly gained. But when we look at it from the other side of saying life isn't fair, I'm on the winning end. Look at where I am in the spectrum of of humanity right now and through history. We've never been in a time when disease and illness can be treated as well as it can be now. We've never been in a time when communication could be so immediate. We've never been in a time with so many opportunities available. And so if we look at it and from a spectrum of time, we live way beyond royalty would have ever lived in um, the millennia before us, the centuries before us, even the decades before us, we live way beyond that. And if we look at ourselves in the world, you and I, just by the fact that we're here, 
able to broadcast and listen to this are at the top end of the opportunity pool in the world. So we are already winning on the life isn't fair. So if we can take that next step and say life isn't fair and life's not fair because it's tipped in my balance at this point, we begin to change how we feel stuck with that and what we think we need to do with that. So what if we were to shift life and to see this as a canvas where you get to choose the painting on the canvas? It's a blank canvas with lots of opportunities. What's the painting you choose to make? What are the raw materials you want to use in your painting? Life is just the canvas. It's not about whether it's fair or not. It's choosing how you're going to do that. Your choice is how you choose to paint, what you choose to paint. Or let's use a slightly different metaphor. Life is a sculpture. The raw material's there, but it requires you to look at that. If you're going to sculpt something out of a stone, you're going to have to look at the different pieces of that naturally given piece. What, what is possible, what's not possible based on that raw material? Michelangelo is said to have said that when he carved David, he just took everything else away. David was already there in that, that rock, and he just took everything else away. And that's kind of true for all of us in our lives. We have this raw material, this big rock that's standing there. And yeah, there are some limitations to it. And yeah, there are some places that we have to carve around. So the raw material is there. What do you need to, to take away in order to br bring out the masterpiece that is your life? Life's not fair, but that's the wrong question. Can we look at how we thrive no matter what happens our way? Can we look at how to take those pieces that are already available to us? And can we acknowledge that we're already on the winning end of that equation? Now, if this has been useful for you, I would love for your help. If this has been useful, it would be great if you would share this. Just beneath, if you're on my website at Thrivology.com, there are places where you can share on your show, social media, whatever's your favorite. You can share on Facebook or LinkedIn or Google Plus or any of the other major ones. Just hit the button below and you'll, you'll be allowed to do that. If you're not on the website and you're a Twitter person, please tweet out. Just type in a browser. You can do it on your, your smartphone or anywhere else. Just in your browser, type in thrivology.com slash love, L-O-V-E, and that will create a pre-populated tweet. And then you just send it out and let people know that Thrivology has been helpful for you. If you're on an Apple device, if you've been listening to this podcast through Apple, it would be great if you could leave a review uh, and let people know that this is a podcast that's worthwhile to you, that's helpful for you. Spread the word. This is how we let other people know how to thrive. And finally, if this has been very useful. You could also consider supporting this podcast, and I've been doing this podcast for free forever, as long as I've been doing it, uh, and I'm not going to change that. But one way you can step in and say, yeah, but I want to be a piece of that. I want to take some ownership of that is by be becoming a patron of mine using Patreon. There's a link on the website right beside uh, the podcast, just to the right of the podcast. You just click it and you can pledge a little amount, even a couple of dollars per episode or dollar per episode would be a great way of saying, hey, I want to support you. I want to step up and say, this is important in my life. It brings something to my life and I'm going to put a value tag on it. You don't have to do that. It's kind of like public radio. 
it's going to be there. The station's going to be there. But whether you want to say, I want to step up and support that, that's a great way of doing that. If you're not on the website, just go to Thrivology.com slash Patreon. And that's P-A-T-R-E-O-N. Thrivology.com slash Patreon. And you can join that way. Otherwise, I wish you the best as you build a thriving life. listening to the Thrivology podcast. Thank you for listening. If you want more information, visit us at thrivology.com or at thrivologymagazine.com. Remember that Thrivology is spelled T H R I V E O L O G Y. It's your life. Time to live it. Uh-huh.